It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to TSL Today. We hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving break. Hope everyone had the time to spend with their families, travel, whatnot. But we're all back here at home base in Blacksburg, Virginia at the Corporate Research Center. Got so much to talk about today. We're talking Virginia Tech basketball, ACC Big Ten Challenge, and everything going on with that. It's TSL Today on a Monday from Blacksburg. Hi, everybody. Giovanni Heater joined alongside Kyle Marshak with you. We come to you on Monday, November 28th, right here from the Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg. Kyle, like we talked about, a lot of Virginia Tech basketball news and updates to go over. So why not just jump right into it here? And I think first and foremost, huge news that surfaced this morning across the landscape of college basketball. The ACC Big Ten Challenge is no more. It's been played every single year since 1999, even in 2020. 20 or 2021 I guess I should say the COVID season uh, Tech joined the ACC in 2004 they've participated every year except 2013 and 2017 when they had uh, two off seasons the year prior and did not get to participate yeah. um, but it is no more and now it will turn into the ACC SEC challenge Kyle your thoughts with that that's pretty cool you know I think that's one of those uh, steps from the ACC to try and continue to level up uh, obviously they're a power five conference so they, they put themselves on that pedestal the same echelon as the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and the Pac-12. But um, I think it's kind of obvious in both college basketball and football, the SEC is that elite conference. So trying to establish themselves in the same level as them, I think it's a good step up. I like that move. Virginia Tech is 6-9 and nine overall in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And I kind of want to go over possible opponents for Virginia Tech here when you look at uh, flipping the page from Big Ten to SEC. Tech has always been kind of middle of the pack, sometimes lower uh, towards the bottom of the ACC, and that's reflected in the quality of opponent on the other side in the opposing conference that they've played against. So here's kind of a rundown for you. Virginia Tech is 1-0 against Maryland. Uh, Penn State, they are 0-4 against the Nittany Lions when they are playing in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Obviously, they've played them outside of that, just beat them uh, about a week ago. Yeah. But in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, they're 0-4. 4-0 against Iowa. They did play Michigan once. That's a blue blood that they have played. They won um, in Ann Arbor. Uh, so they are 1-0 against Michigan, 0-1 against Northwestern, 0-1 against Minnesota. That loss came in 2011. That was on the road at Minnesota. Uh, they are 0-1 against Purdue, uh, 0-1 against Wisconsin, and then another blue blood that they played, Ohio State. They are 0-1 against the Buckeyes. So 6-9 and overall. So you look at the SEC. Who are they kind of going to look to play in that situation? Obviously, Tech has improved. They are kind of towards the top half of the ACC these days. Um I think the biggest one you got to circle, possibly a matchup against Texas A&M, yeah. who's preseason seventh in the SEC. Yeah, no, that's a go-to Texas A&M. I mean, Buzz Williams is obviously a great connection. That, that'd be the first reason why you'd want to face a team like them. And honestly, they're on a, a similar path, a similar trajectory right now. I think yeah. it'd be great. You have a couple other ones listed that I, I agree with. Florida, LSU. Um, I think South Carolina would be a really cool one to see. Um, you know, 
on top of that, there are a couple others that I think we could definitely match up with. Uh, I think a team like Georgia, although they're a little bit lower in the SEC right now, is a matchup that's very possible. Tennessee, um, considering the rivalry, if you want to call it that, with women's basketball and Virginia Tech, we have that game coming up between women's in a, in a week or so. So yeah. I think that'd be a, a reason to get that matchup going. But I, I, again, I think with the step up in competition, considering the SEC is a little bit stronger of a conference this year, um, there's really no wrongdoing there. I think there are all good teams to face other than the bottom of the bottom, such as Vanderbilt or Florida right now. Right. And I, I think the SEC has become a much improved conference. Uh, obviously, the Big Ten, very good in their own right. Um, I, I would love to see Tech play Tennessee. I yeah. mean, you share a border with them. It's like a three and a half hour drive to Knoxville. I just think Tennessee is a very good fo- uh, basketball team right now and football team. Very good basketball team right now. They've already picked up some big wins. They're well into the top 25. They'll be moving up here once the next set of rankings come out. Uh, Tennessee, Virginia Tech would be a fun matchup. Obviously, Texas A&M will be fantastic. Uh, you look at the top of the SEC, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, and Auburn. Duke. Could play Kentucky in the Champions Classic. They play that every year. The four teams in that are Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State, and Kansas. Uh, every couple of years, they match up with Kentucky. So that might take that out of the question. In that case, I think Kentucky probably plays like a UNC uh, or a Virginia. Arkansas is kind of new to the top of the conference, but they've been really good the last like three, four years. Uh, Tennessee, same kind of deal there. Um Alabama just knocked off North Carolina uh, in four overtimes last night. And then Auburn's a team that went really far into the NCAA tournament. Bruce Pearl, a a young, entertaining coach to watch. Uh, They're just a fun team to follow. follow. I would love to see Virginia Tech match up against an Auburn as well. Kind of two teams on a similar trajectory. Auburn's just kind of made that extra leap. Yeah, I think, you know, you get that comp with like a team like... I don't know, in the Big Ten, a team like Illinois that's just kind of, yeah. you know, pounced into the rankings and become a, a legitimate team out of the Big Ten. It's kind of a similar deal with Auburn, although they are on that echelon now where they've kind of become that national championship contender the past couple of years. They've been that number one seed. So, yeah, I think that would be really cool. But, you know, I, it's hard to imagine a world where you don't see us face Texas A&M within the first the next three years right. in the SEC Challenge just because Buzz Williams is there. And, again, they're both – organizations that are on a very similar trajectory right now both teams that are in that mid to higher level although texas a&m is stacked lower um in the standings right now for sec but mid to higher level of their conference standings it's hard to imagine a world where we don't get buzz williams in town or we go visit texas a&m that would be really cool i think they got to come to blacksburg yeah i mean I, they could schedule it on the road don't get me wrong but it would have an incredible effect if he came and, sweet. and coached at castle coliseum all right let's go to our next piece of news and updates it's brief but definitely wanted to touch on it EA College Football has moved their video game release date from 2023, which was this upcoming summer, to 2024. The reason being is there's a couple different developmental reasonings, but they're trying to figure out uh, the NIL side of things. They want players to be compensated. They want players to be in the video game where you're truly playing as Grant Wells and you're truly playing as Caleb Smith and Keyshawn King and all your favorite Hokies in the video game, um, inside a lane stadium, enter Sandman, the whole thing. They're bringing a turn back to the college football video game that has a cult following. I mean, it seriously does. Um, 
And I think this is a big deal for tech football players because with the way they're trying to figure things out, they're going to get compensated for being in a video game. And that's great for NIL and for Virginia Tech Athletics. No, I love that look. You know, as a college student, it's hard for a lot of people who aren't very involved in NIL and just like the sports industry in general to like it. They're like, really? They're pushing it back another year. It was 2023. Now it's 2024. Like, how long do we have to wait? But for this video game to finally be back on track with NIL, it's for me, I'm a big fan of it. I don't care how long it takes as long as it's within the next few years. You want to have this video game, first of all, to compensate all the athletes in it. Right. Um, and so I agree. It's 100% a great look for Virginia Tech athletes, especially for a football team that's struggling right now. It's more incentive for these players to continue to grind away. And, you know, now they get to see themselves in a video game and stuff like that. Really, really doesn't mean that much, but yeah. it's it's cool. Um, but, you know, with uh, EA finally developing this game and getting all the athletes that they can involve, you want it to have this like Lydian or luxurious look. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And as a big fan of the game, I was uh, I was disappointed that it won't be coming out this summer. Uh, I was looking forward to definitely uh, playing that, but I guess we can certainly wait a year, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a short break here on uh, TSL today. When we come back, talk a little bit of Virginia Tech women's basketball. They've been on an, on an absolute tear lately. The Hokies are looking very, very sharp on the court. And then following that, we're going to go ahead and preview Virginia Tech and Minnesota tonight in the ACC Big Ten Challenge for the final time in Castle Coliseum. Kyle Marshak, Giovanni Heater. We'll see you after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back here on TSL. Today we record on Monday, November 28th from Blacksburg. Giovanni Heater joined alongside Kyle Marshak with you. And now we dive into a little bit of Virginia Tech women's basketball talk here. Kyle, the Hokies have been on an absolute tear. They are 6-0 and on the season. They went 2-0 and in the Bahamas with emphatic wins over both Kentucky and Missouri. They just blew Longwood right out of Castle Coliseum last night with an 89-28 to victory. They play Nebraska on Thursday in the women's edition of the ACC Big Ten Challenge and then they play at Tennessee on Sunday. I know both Carter and yourself are going to be going on the road uh, over to Knoxville to call that game for 3304 Sports, so big stuff there. Uh, enjoy that, but how about this women's basketball team, man? They are just locked and loaded and they look very impressive. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited. They've given themselves a really, really strong non-conference schedule. They're up at ninth now in the AP poll and Nebraska should be a good matchup, but I'm obviously very, very pumped for Knoxville Tennessee is a a really historically successful program. Now, right now, they've had kind of a weaker start to the season. But I think considering the fact that they're going to have a packed house, um, especially because Tennessee is struggling, their fans are so invested. They're ready for that, you know, kind of big emphatic win that's going to propel them back into the picture because they were predicted uh, for second in the uh, SEC standing. So I think their fans are ready. 18,000 strong, I guarantee it. I'm really hyped for Knoxville. I want to go ahead and touch on this real quick. I think that this move from the Big Ten challenge uh, to the ACC SEC challenge is going to be really good for the Tech women's basketball program going forward because they're probably going to play teams like I don't know exactly what it is with the with the current home and away scheduling they 
the Tennessee played at Tech uh, in Blacksburg last year. Now Virginia Tech is on the road in Knoxville. Uh, curious to see how that continues to shake out. But regardless, they're going to play teams in the SEC like Tennessee. How about the defending national champion, number one uh, team in the country, South Carolina Gamecocks, and even a team like LSU. Like There is a lot of talent at the top of the ACC uh, and the SEC, and I feel like Virginia Tech is – finally now taking that next step and showing that they can play with the big dogs and that they're ready to play a team like a South Carolina and and go on the road and play a, a Tennessee. So uh, unlike on the men's side where you might be playing some middle-of-the-pack uh, SEC teams until you kind of continue to make that jump, I think the women's side is already there and, and is going to be playing some of the teams at the top. I really believe that if Virginia Tech enters ACC play still undefeated, there's a high possibility they've actually propelled themselves into a legitimate echelon of being considered a national championship contender. You and I were talking about at the beginning of the season, the way that they, obviously they had a disappointing uh, finish with that loss to FGCU in the first round, yeah. but the way that they were ranked all season, they competed against the top talent and they found themselves in the NCAA tournament. They were at the top of the ACC, you know, and now they get, this really strong non-conference schedule, if they remain undefeated, considering the way they've started, the way they've added talent to the roster, they've been, you know, they've become legitimate contenders. It's really, really exciting to watch. I mean, like I said, they head to Knoxville. They have that chip on their shoulder after a six-point loss in Blacksburg with Tennessee in town last year. And I'm really excited to see, again, with that talent they have, Kitley getting her first real test because Tamari Key is their six foot six center over at Tennessee. That's going to be the first girl she's faced all year that is the same size, if not larger than her in the paint. So I'm really, really pumped for that. If they pull through again, Tennessee is struggling program early in the season, but if they pull through with a, an emphatic win after that, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, Virginia Tech looking for Olshin against Tennessee. Uh, last time they played in Blacksburg a year ago, uh, the 11th-ranked uh, Lady Volunteers took down Virginia Tech 64-58. And what was a thriller? And it was a closer game, really, than that uh, score goes ahead and represents. Well, some more news there. Elizabeth Kitley hit uh, the 1,500 points milestone on Wednesday in the Bahamas against Missouri. Uh, 1,500 points for Liz Kitley. She is eighth all-time in program history for scoring. Kitley dropped a combined 42 points and 23 rebounds with five blocks in the Bahamas. Uh, she had 23 points and 14 rebounds last night against Longwood. Uh, she's averaging a double-double with 19.7 points a game and 11.5 rebounds. You can't say enough about Liz Kitley. Looking like the defending ACC player of the year, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Uh, at that position, you know, she's obviously an upperclassman now, but at six foot six, when you recruit a girl at the center position, people who are six foot six coming into college really struggle to fill in. And these past two years, her athleticism has developed so well. The, the coaching staff for the women's basketball team, alongside Brooks and stuff, unbelievable how they develop their talent. And they really make them physically mature. And she is the strongest I've ever seen. Her athleticism is off the charts. She's cleaning the glass better than ever. Her finish and her, her touching ability on the inside is unbelievable. Like she just has that touch. She can shoot from the mid range. So fun to watch. It's unbelievable how good she is right now. Maybe a little bit of a surprise to many. Kayana Trailer is the second leading scorer on the team. 12 and a half points uh, per game. She's also averaging five and a half rebounds, which is also second most on the team in that category. Ashley Owusu, the transfer from Maryland, uh, the All-American, 11.8 points a game. Georgia Amore, 11.5 points a game. Kayla King, 
10.7 points a game. So you got one, two, three, four, five players averaging double figures. And then Taylor Souls right behind her with 9.7, almost averaging double figures. So, I mean, anybody can score. Plain and simple. We knew that, but they're putting on a show and displaying that. There is literally every facet of a score that you could think of in basketball. You have the the taller players who can slash the inside, the, the center who has the touch. You have Kayla King who can slice through the defense and she can shoot the lights out too. And then you have girls like Awusu who are just the big body guards. They can go in and dribble into the paint and get a good finish, distribute the ball. Literally every type of basketball player you want offensively, Virginia Tech has produced. It's unbelievable how they've developed talent and different styles and skill sets that all mesh together. That's the most impressive part. Like, Usually when you get a transfer like a Wusu, you question where she's going to kind of fall into a team that distributes the ball and shoots the lights out because she's a, a guard who can body her way in and distribute the ball a little bit. She doesn't have super elite three-point shooting, although she can shoot the lights out too. And they still managed to find a way for her to fit in and all the other transfers they brought in. It's crazy. Yeah, and then you got Kayla King, who's kind of your spot-up three-point shooter, right? Yeah. She's your catch-and-shoot kind of girl that's working off the ball, and then she gets it uh, and knocks it down from beyond the arc. We saw that in the season opener. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for our women's basketball coverage here. Like we said, against Nebraska on Thursday and then on the road in Knoxville against Tennessee on Sunday. So some really big games uh, coming up for the women's basketball team before they touch into ACC play a little bit in the early ACC section. Uh, One last bit of news here before we uh, go on to preview Virginia Tech in Minnesota tonight. D'Angelo Hall of Virginia Tech football to be inducted into the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. The ceremony will take place this spring. Uh, He played for the Hokies from 01 to 03 and had a 15-year career in the NFL. Plain and simple, one of the best Hokies out there. Uh, He's from the 757 in Chesapeake. So uh, again, just he has those Virginia roots. He played his college ball here. He played a long time for uh, the Washington Redskins at the time, now the Commanders. Um, So it's just instilled in the Virginia football community and D'Angelo Hall, one of the best, going to be honored uh, in the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. TSL Today on a Monday continues after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back here on TSL Today. It's a Monday from Blacksburg. Giovanni Heater joined alongside Kyle Marshak with you once again for our third and final segment of the day. Virginia Tech takes on Minnesota in the final ever ACC Big Ten Challenge. It's been going on since 1999. Virginia Tech's participated in it every year since 2005, with the exception of 2017 and 2013. Uh, Virginia Tech plays Minnesota for the second time. They lost the first time they played in 2011 on the road at Minnesota. 7 p.m. tip-off in Castle Coliseum. Virginia Tech, 11 and a half point favorites. ESPN giving Virginia Tech an 85% chance to win tonight's ball game. Kyle, your thoughts on the Golden Gophers and this matchup tonight in Castle. Probably the biggest game so far we've seen this season. Besides maybe Penn State, you get to play a Power 5 opponent at home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really just the pedigree with it being a Power 5 opponent, a team that's had some recent success, but this season, you know, projected to finish second to last in the Big Ten, just not that strong of a start. 
and they're still competing. They're still a power five program that's worth paying attention to. It's not like Virginia Tech's just going to walk in and walk back out with a, an easy W. This is still a team that, because of the style of play, might propose something to them. I mean, they are kind of a forward strong play. They uh, have a lot of size on their team, which will be a struggle, especially defensively for a guy like Basili, who's kind of struggled defensively. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different points you have to worry about. I think it starts with preventing the three ball and then hitting the three ball, which have both been struggles for us so far. And Minnesota can shoot a little bit from three. They're at about, you know, a third of the rate, 33% of the time. So not awful. So I think that'll be the first thing you got to look at preventing the forward play and then preventing the three. I'm not going to lie to you, Kyle. This game uh, makes me a little bit nervous coming into uh, tonight's matchup uh, against Minnesota just because we've had a lot of games that have gone down to the wire lately. Charleston Southern went down to the wire uh, in Castle. I mean, you, you could have said, oh, maybe it was an issue where you're on the road, you're in Charleston. Obviously, the loss to Charleston in the championship of the Classic. Uh, Penn State went right down to the wire, and even Old Dominion let them come back late, and they made that a game. So, um, Tex had some scares lately, in, including that Charleston Southern. Southern game. This is a game that that you either have an opportunity to win by 15 or more and make a statement against a power five team or you're biting your nails at the end. Kind of where do you see this one going? Yeah, Virginia Tech's playing like one of those teams right now where they're bending a lot but not breaking, and yeah. they really look like a springboard the way that they're bending a ton right now because um, they've had close competition with teams that with the talent they've brought in, you kind of expect, especially with the ACC championship last year, you expect them to be a little bit more dominant. I mean, Charleston College, I think that's one of those games where that was a team at home with a tournament they haven't won, just all the things, yeah. all the right things. Clicked. They had a rocking atmosphere. Too. Yeah, they it did. Was, that was yeah. honestly a really packed stadium. I was, was. going to mention that. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool to see. And so that's not a loss, although it's not a, as big a name. They've had a, a decent start to their season. Yeah. And Charleston, I think, is becoming a pleasant surprise. They so, almost beat UNC. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, I'm not that disappointed about a loss to Charleston. Um, they played the way I expected against Charleston Southern. We were on that live stream for Penn State, a game that I think shouldn't have been as close as it was. Um, a lot of sloppy play. It really just comes down to cleaning up the silly mistakes, like the ball distribution. A lot of silly fouls towards the end of that Penn State game. They shot the ball horrifically. I mean, yeah. they cannot hit a three for their life right now, and that's with guys like Padula and Couture, who are still shooting as well as they should be somewhat. So it, it just depends on where the ball kind of lands in the hands of. You know, Basili has been a little bit cold from three lately. Just small stuff like that. They just got to clean up the sloppy play. And the last point that I, I have to beg for is we need more help from the bench. Lynn yeah. Kidd was all 11 points from the bench last game. He cannot be the only guy producing from the bench. We need to see Petit. We need to see Collins. Anyone off the bench that could help produce in some form or fashion. Have not seen that the past few games. Now, not 100% sure when we will see the return, or actually the debut, I should say, of Rodney Rice for Virginia Tech, but that's very much so uh, long-awaited. Um, very looking forward to that is Hokie Nation, uh, and that's going to help tremendously uh, with the backcourt depth. Minnesota comes in at 4-2 and two on the season. They've beaten Western Michigan by one in their season opener. Uh, they beat St. Francis Brooklyn, Central Michigan, and Cal Baptist. All wins that they have have been decided by less than 10 points besides that St. Francis game. Uh, the Golden Gophers' two losses are to DePaul and UNLV. DePaul beat them by 16. UNLV beat them by 9. Plain and simple, just not a huge high-quality basketball team right now because losses aren't fantastic and their wins aren't very convincing either. Yeah, you know, you'd like to argue that DePaul is still a, a decent team out of the Big East, but the Big East has been a little bit weaker the past couple of years, and UNLV is UNLV. They have that history, um, and they are 5-0 and right now, but 
it's UNLV. It's not the program they used to be. Also not a program you want to lose to right now, especially handily the way UNLV did. They rolled right in there uh, one by nine and rolled right back out. And they pretty much had control of that game offensively the entire time. So, yeah, those are both slightly concerning losses for Minnesota. On top of that, honestly, my most concerning game that I look at is a one-point win over California Baptist and OT. That's yeah. just not a game that you should be keeping that close against a team like CBU. So, yeah, those two losses and then a you know, really, really small margin of victory in OT against California Baptist, they just don't produce offensively the way they should be being a, a Big Ten school. Well, you talk about that. Minnesota picked to finish 12th out of 14 in the Big Ten this season. Uh, they're averaging only 63 points per game. They're allowing 62.5 points per game, uh, which is just kind of an interesting stat there. 14 turnovers a game uh, for the Golden Gophers. 38.7 rebounds a game, 11.8 offensive rebounds a game, which is better than Virginia Tech. They're shooting the ball 42.7% from the field, only shooting it, though, 33% from beyond the arc. And here's the real struggle, 55% uh, from the charity stripe, which is certainly a tough clip there. You flip the script, look at the other side for Virginia Tech. They're averaging 78.1 points per game, uh, allowing 65 uh, points per game. Eight turnovers a game for Virginia Tech. That's much, much better than uh, 14 on the other side for Minnesota. 34 rebounds a game for Tech. 8.7 offensive rebounds a game. And and despite us saying that there have been some poor shooting performances for Tech, they're still shooting the ball 50% from the floor and 36% from beyond the arc and also shooting at 75% from the free throw line. Tough to get better than that. I mean, you can't complain with that, especially uh, averaging 78 points in contest. Yeah, 100%. Minnesota's problem is, you know, similar to us at times where they just can't take care of the ball. But again, I do think, although Minnesota's not that impressive from three, it comes down to that because we have been kind of living or dying by it a little bit, although we have had Mutz and Bazilli kind of taking care of the ball in the paint as much as uh, Virginia Tech has wanted to. But again, I, I think it comes down to taking care of the ball, needing more bench help, and then you know, if there is a way that Minnesota wins, my prediction right now is it's because Talon Cooper shoots the lights out from three like he has been. I mean, small sample size, but 60% from three right now, this deep in the season. Talon Cooper is one of those kids who just has that one skill set that kind of sets him apart from the rest, and that's why he's been helping produce so much offense for this team so far. Tech always seems to have that guy that just goes off from beyond the arc and drops 30-something points. Kyle, let's get some score predictions going for tonight. Who you got winning it, and, and kind of what's your final score here? Man, you know, again, I think Virginia Tech is a team that's been kind of underperforming. So I think they should be able to maintain their home turf as well as they have so far. I'm going to go, you know, I think it might be another sloppy one, so it might be lower scoring. I'm going to go 73-63 Tech. Okay, 10-point game. I'm going to go... I hate to say it, a little bit closer. I think Minnesota and Penn State are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Tech just had a close one against Charleston. So I, I so badly want to say, hey, they're going to come out here. This is their this is their day to just put a staple in it. Um, we're legit. We're going to blow them out, beat them by 20 points. I just don't know if I see it tonight. I think that might happen against UNC on Sunday. I think there's just more oomph that comes with a conference game. Tech understands that. Uh, Tech found a recipe last year to beat that UNC team, which is very, very similar yeah. to the UNC team you're going to see on Sunday. A lot of guys return. Um, so I think that could play a factor. So maybe we'll hold that for Sunday. I think this one's a little bit closer. I'm going to go 78-72. Um, 
little bit more high scoring. Don't quite get to the 80s, just your run-of-the-mill. Tech's averaging 78 points a game. I think they hit their average on the money. Uh, Minnesota shoots well, hits more than their average. 78-72, Tech wins it. I think they advance to 7-1 on the season. Kyle, your final thoughts on tonight's ballgame? I think it's just coming down to taking care of the ball. I know I understand it's a long trip from Minneapolis out to here, so we'll see how fresh this team looks. But again, you got a couple of kids like Dawson Garcia and Talon Cooper who when they get hot, they get hot. It's just... They don't have much supporting cast members behind them. So we'll see how strong Minnesota looks tonight. All right, Virginia Tech in action, 7 o'clock tonight. You can watch it on ESPN2. Virginia Tech taking on Minnesota. It's the last ACC Big Ten Challenge. The beautiful thing is Virginia Tech heads into it this year, the final year of it, as the defending ACC tournament champions towards the top of the ACC. For Carter Hill, our producer behind the scenes, for Kyle Marshak uh, on the set with me today, I'm Giovanni Heater saying so long from Blacksburg. We'll see you Wednesday. Enjoy the game tonight.